0: Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. It is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us, to learn about the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy and Anointed Lamb of God, the Light of the World, the Savior of Mankind. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.org or call us at 678 692-8870. You can also write to us at CPM Post Office Box 256 Brooks, Georgia 30205. We look forward to hearing from you, and we pray that these messages of truth touch your lives. If you have been moved by these biblical teachings, please visit our forums online at covenantpeoplesministry.org and sign up to follow us on our YouTube channel, Covenant people. Thank you for joining us for another CPM broadcast. And now, here is our pastor, Jeremy Visser, with our next Bible study.
1: Hello, I'm Pastor Visser. Thank you for joining me as I attempt to answer the question What is faith? Granted, if you were to ask anybody on the street, What is faith? you would get a different answer from different people because faith is so many things to so many people. And the truth of the matter is, faith is what usually gets us through the hard times. And if you've ever asked your modern Judeo-Christian pastor, what is faith? Well, he'll likely give you a lot of different replies and answers. But the only biblical reply to that question, what is faith, can be answered in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 11. Now, it is here in Hebrews 11, where we have a great listing of men and women of faith. We have the examples of Abel and Enoch, Noah, Abraham, etc. And it is here, in the first verse of Hebrews chapter 11, where the biblical definition of faith appears. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, we read, Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That, if you will, is the biblical definition of faith as it is found in the Bible. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen now. To me, one of the most ironic things in regards of faith is that if we take that first step of faith, or that proverbial leap of faith, then this statement of things not seen doesn't really even apply to us. It applies to the unbelieving world. Because we oftentimes, as the sons and daughters of Yahweh God, can clearly see Yahweh God in His fingerprint in his creation down here on the earth. But oftentimes it requires us to have faith. Why? Because faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's what you're hoping for. It's what we all have within the Word of God, faith. And our faith will ultimately overcome the world. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, according to the same chapter. Hebrews 11. That's something that we have faith in. We have faith that Yahshua will return. We have faith that His law is more moralistic for us than man's. And oftentimes, we may find ourselves in a state of needing faith or requiring faith. And it is times like that that we turn to the Holy Bible. And there are so many things written about faith. But what is faith? Well, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, or we could just say the assurance of everything that you are hoping for, and the conviction of things not seen, or the King James says evidence of things not seen. So understand oftentimes Yahweh God commands us to do things within his law and does not expect us to understand why he commands it, but rather expects us to have faith in the fact that he does command it. And in that faith, in putting our trust and our care on Yahweh God, we can increase faith. We can increase faith. And many people don't understand that. Yahshua taught that we could never have the faith that is required, but many of us have more faith than others. So what is this thing called faith? The definition is the evidence of things not seen and the assurance of things hoped for. Well, in looking at the topic of faith and in answering this question, what exactly is faith? Turn with me to the New Testament epistle to the Ephesians. And in chapter 2, we read, beginning in verse 8, For by grace ye have been saved through faith, And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Now many people, in my estimation, underestimate the importance of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. And the importance of Ephesians 2, 8 is the fact that no matter what we do, no matter how perfectly we delude ourselves into believing we keep Yahweh's law, at the end of it all, we're saved by grace. And that grace, because Yahweh God is rich in mercy, is extended us a gift. But that gift is still earned, right? Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. You are saved through faith by grace. And what that means, of course, is that without faith it is impossible to please Yahweh God. Without faith there is no salvation. And without faith there most assuredly is no Grace, the gift of God, imparted. Very important to understand. By grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Now, in our righteous works and our adherence to the law, this is how we store up for ourselves treasure in heaven. This is how we have a garment and judgment. But we are not saved by those works. Remember the parable. That Yahshua taught. On the publican and the Pharisee. Now the Pharisee believed. He had a special position with Yahweh God. In fact he was a Pharisee. His life was devoted to the service. And to the temple. And he believed that he was altogether so great. That he could petition Yahweh God with prayer. And say thank God that you. Yahweh have not created me. Like this sinner. And. This parable of Yahshua is well known because it teaches humility and it teaches the importance of faith. Somewhere along the way in Yahshua's parable, the Pharisee lost faith, at least faith within the Word of God. And the sinner had faith because he realized that he had done wrong. And so, faith is something that gives us the grace of Yahweh God, which we are ultimately saved by. Not a result of works so that no man may boast. Not anything you do can earn you salvation. And I need to make that clear because Christian identity is pronomian. We teach adherence to the law. We teach the importance of God's moralistic will as it is transcribed within the Bible. And as a result, oftentimes people come in and say, well... They really believe that keeping the law will save them. No, we don't. No, we don't. But keeping the law is something we do if we have faith, right? If we have faith within God's word, well, we will obey his word. And ultimately, then grace is bestowed upon us, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. So, underline that verse in your Bible. Because it is imperative to our Christian walk. Now, while we're here in Ephesians, turn over to chapter 6 and read verse 16. It's here where we learn. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the wicked one. Now, did you know that part of the gospel armor is the shield of faith? And a shield is something we hide behind, right? It's something we retreat behind in times of warfare. So also is our faith attributed to a shield. It will see us over the hard times. It will see us through almost any atrocity. Why? Well, we've already covered that today. Faith is the substance of the things hoped for. The evidence of the things not seen. Now we can see faith in one another. And we can oftentimes increase faith in one another by having faith and hiding behind the shield. Perhaps that's a bad analogy. We don't really, as Christian soldiers, hide behind anything. But our faith is something we can stand behind, just like a shield. And it is here in Ephesians where we are told in chapter 6, verse 13, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. If we are commanded to take up the whole armor of God, or the gospel panoply, and the shield of faith is part of that, then one of the answers to the question, what is faith, is faith is something we can stand behind and upon. And faith is also something that will protect us protect us from the darts of the wicked one, and if we put on the gospel armor, we may be able to stand in that evil day. And so far today, I've kept it in the New Testament. What is faith? Well, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 provides the definition. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 tells us one of the things that we can obtain through faith, being grace, a gift of God. And Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 has finally told us that faith is what? A shield. A shield. Very important. So turn with me over to 1 Peter. The first epistle of Peter. It's found in the New Testament. And we're going to look at chapter 1. Beginning in verse 8 we learn. Though you have not seen him, you love him though you do not now see him you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory obtaining the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls stopping right there the outcome of our faith is salvation of our souls according to 1 Peter chapter 1 the verse 9 but yet we just learned what by grace we are saved it is a gift of God saved meaning salvation so do you see how this ties together now that same verse in the King James says whom having not seen ye love in whom though now ye see him not yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory receiving the end of your faith the salvation of souls So faith is so important that we don't get grace without having faith. Faith is given and imparted to us as a gift from our Heavenly Father due to the amount of faith that we have. And faith ultimately leads us to what? Salvation of our souls according to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and now 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 8. So what is faith? Faith is something that can ultimately lead us to action, because James, of course, says faith without works is dead. And we're going to turn there now. Turn over to the general epistle of James, also in the New Testament. Notice I'm keeping it all in the New Testament this Sunday morning, because it's very important for us to understand this is a Christian precept, faith, having faith. Hebrews 11 mentions all of these examples of men and women. And they were all so faithful, it led them to works. Now, we're separating this out. Works does not save us. We are saved by grace. But grace is bestowed upon us based on how much faith we have. In the second chapter of James, we read in verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith? but does not have works, can that faith save him? Stopping right there. Can faith save you alone? No, we've already proven we are saved by grace. Through faith. Having faith within the grace of Yahweh God. But James asks, what good is it if someone says he has faith, but he doesn't have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or a sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food... And one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, then what good is that? So also, faith by itself, it does not have works, is dead. Faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Now, you can come in and say, I have faith. And like I said at the beginning of this weekend's lecture... If you ask people on the street or at the supermarket, what is faith? They're going to give you varying answers, numerous opinions regarding faith and what faith is to them. But James, the half-brother of Christ, says, faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is dead. Faith without works is dead, my friend. Faith is what leads you to do, which is why in Hebrews 11, all of those examples are listed. Not necessarily that they had faith, They were great examples of faith. But faith without works is dead. Continuing on in chapter 2, here in James, verse 18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Stopping right there. That's how we show faith to Yahweh God, by our works. Which is why grace is imparted to those who have the most works. But at the end of it all, it is a gift. Now, faith is entirely different than grace. Faith is the belief in those things that are not necessarily seen by the entire world. But if someone will say, you have faith and I have works. I'm going to go to the kingdom through my own adherence to the law. And you just have faith. James asks, show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Faith is not only something that imparts the gift of God, but faith is what leads us to obey. Faith without works is dead. Faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself according to James. Now, one more place to answer this question regarding faith before we actually look at Yeshua's parable regarding faith. Back in Hebrews. We were in Hebrews chapter 11. That's known as the Faith Hall of Fame. But the chapter before it sets it up. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who is promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth there no longer remains... A sacrifice of sins. Now what do we learn right there? That we are to hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who is promised is faithful. Yahshua is faithful. And because one of the names of Yahshua who is promised is faithful, we must what? Show faith. Show faith in everything that Yahshua teaches in his word, even above and beyond what man says. Because man will quench our spirit. Remember the parable that Yahshua taught of the sower? It is the way of the devil. To take away our faith within the word that is sown in our hearts and minds. So we must have faith within the word of God. Because God, Yahshua, is faithful, right? He is true. He is just. Faith is another name of Christ. And I might interject, it's one of the seven virtues. Faith, charity, etc. Faith is that important. God is not going to return to this earth and reward the unfaithful. Now, that is a no-brainer. But Judeo-Christianism espouses just that. In fact, they believe, and oftentimes espouse, that everyone goes to heaven, irregardless of how sinful they are, except for the genuine prophets, except for those that dare preach a segregationist doctrine, or preach what Yahshua did. When he said, I am sent only for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So, do not be deceived by that. Very important to understand. Faith leads you to works. And what we have in the mainstream Christendom in America and Europe today is basically a mere confession of faith. They come in and they say, well, I'm going to say the sinner's prayer. I'm going to say a few Hail Marys, for example. They give a profession of faith and believe that that will save you. Are you saved by faith? No. You are saved by grace through faith. Therefore, Yahshua teaches a parable regarding faith and a parable regarding a mustard seed. Now, before we actually look at this in Matthew chapter 13, let me tell you that the mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds known in nature. But from that seed, a tiny little speck, no greater than a speck of dust, can grow one of the mightiest trees. And that's what Joshua taught. Having the faith the size of a mustard seed. In this study, I've answered the question, what is faith? From the Bible, from James, from Ephesians, from Peter, even from Hebrews. Now, that being said, faith is also something that we can never have enough of. So we're going to look at Yahshua's parable of the mustard seed. It appears in three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And we're going to look at them in that order as they appear within the canon.
0: Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the Gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.org where you will find direct access to our extensive selection of audio sermons. You can also listen to Pastor Visser by GodCast on your mobile audio devices. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, please make your checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry or use the donate button on our website to use PayPal. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, so we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply his words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us. And now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message.
1: So turn to the first book of the New Testament, the Gospel according to St. Matthew. And we're going to read in chapter 13, beginning And verse 31. Another parable put he forth unto them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Great emphasis is put here, my friend. This is the 16th New Testament prophecy and it illustrates the kingdom of heaven, not the church, the kingdom of heaven and how it is attributed to faith and ushered in through faith. Matthew chapter 13, verse 31. He put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. A mustard seed is the smallest seed in the kingdom of nature. Verse 32 Yahshua continues It is the smallest of all seeds but when it has grown it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. That if you will is Yahshua's parable of the mustard seed. Now This is in the same exact chapter where Yahshua teaches his parable of the tares and the wheat. And Yahshua would teach in these agricultural terms because, well, the answer is obvious. Adam was created to be a governor in Edom. Our people throughout history, and even now, usually, are farmers. So we understand these terms. A small mustard seed can grow into a huge tree. Thus is faith. Yahshua says if we have the faith the size of a mustard seed, well, we can say what? Unto this mountain. And the mountain will move. But the kingdom of heaven itself is attributed to a mustard seed as is faith. Because faith is what? In answering this question, what is faith? Faith is something that grows. Faith is something that starts very small, but ultimately grows into something so huge that it can provide shelter. For animals. And shade. For beasts. Turn over to Mark. Chapter 4. In the 4th chapter of Mark. We read in verse 30. He said. With what can we compare the kingdom of God. Or what parable. Shall we use for it. It. What's the it? The kingdom of God. It is like a grain of mustard seed. Which. When sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds in the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Thus is the way of faith and the kingdom message and the kingdom itself. It is attributed elsewhere in Scripture by Yahshua to be eleven, which a woman took and hid in measures of dough. All things grow, A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Faith is supposed to grow. And if our faith is properly growing as a nation or a race of believers, then the kingdom will grow as well. One more place. Turn over to the gospel according to Luke. And we read in Luke chapter 13, beginning in verse 18. He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. So, the kingdom of heaven is attributed by Yahshua in Matthew 13, Mark 4, and Luke 13 to a mustard seed. And a mustard seed according to Christ himself, is one of the smallest seeds in the world, but yet can grow one of the mightiest trees known to man. Right? Very important because this is the example of faith that Christ gives. But before we even get to that, faith is something like the kingdom that is small. If we have faith in God's grace, we will ultimately obtain salvation, not of works. But now we have been instructed three times from Yahshua that the kingdom of heaven is equated to a mustard seed, right? So while you're here in Luke, let's examine chapter 17, where Christ says in verse 6, If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, You could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, the same mustard seed that Christ said is very, very small. So what is faith? Faith is something that starts very small and it's akin to planting seeds. And if that seed receives the rain and the latter rain from Yahshua or Yahweh God, we could say, and it is properly nourished well, faith like the kingdom of heaven will grow. And Christ says, if we had faith as small as a mustard seed. This is a polite way of Yahshua saying, we don't have enough faith and can never have enough faith. So, in light of Ephesians 2.8, knowing that we're not saved by works, what's more important? Works or faith? If a man says he has faith and a man says he has works, Who's greater? Faith is greater than works because faith is the first step to works. And any man who has only works but no faith is doing so to be seen of man doing. So faith is more important than works. That is why in Yahshua's parable of the publican and the Pharisee, the sinner went home justified. He had faith enough to not even look up to God while the Pharisee said, well, thank God I'm not like this sinner. Works didn't avail the Pharisee and neither did the works condemn the repentant sinner in Christ's parable. And if you require further study on Yahshua's parable of the Pharisee and the sinner, I recently preached it. In fact, I did on October 16th of this year. It's really a parable about humility. 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 Humility is something that faith leads us into. But perhaps that's a study for another day. Skip back to Matthew and we're going to look at one more thing that is small regarding faith, right? We just covered it in Luke chapter 17, verse 6. Now, Matthew chapter 17, but verse 20. Christ said to them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. Christ says our inability to do anything is directly attributed to our faith. Our lack of faith. And not only that, but also that we are of little faith. We are of little faith. If Christ says nothing Will be impossible for us if we had faith like or as small as a grain of mustard seed. Nothing will be impossible if we have the faith that small, that small a size. So how much faith do you have in light of your works? Or perhaps more importantly, are you doing the works you do do for Yahweh God because you are led by the Spirit? And led by faith. Faith is many things to many people. The biblical definition is faith is the evidence of things not seen. It is what we believe in that the world may not understand. Paul says in Romans chapter 1 verse 20. That the things of Yahweh God are clearly seen. By those that are not given a reprobate mind. And by those that have faith. Those that are obedient. But many others do not like to retain God's law within their knowledge. And God has to give them a reprobate mind to work those things that are unseemly. But don't lose sight of the fact that in Romans chapter one, verse 20, we learn for Yahweh's invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. That, my friend, is the world today without faith. Many people come in and they say, hey, there's no God. In fact, that's the general theme throughout all of America, at least in the public sector, in colleges, in middle and grammar school, and most assuredly within politics. Claiming to be wise, they become fools. Now, of course, these same fools who are atheists, who have no form of faith whatsoever, look down upon you and I, the faithful remnant of Israel's seed. And they call us fools But only a fool says there is no God, according to the Psalms. And what do we learn here in Romans 20 is that everything has been clearly perceived by those things that are created of Yahweh God. You and I, we are created in His image. Therefore, we, unlike the fool who says in their heart there is no God, we are able to see clearly and perceive Yahweh God in all things, to feel His touch. To see his fingerprint in nature. That requires faith. At least a form of faith. So remember this linchpin as you go through life. Claiming to be wise, they become fools. And any man who comes in and claims to be wise, I'm wise, I'm scholarly, I'm smart, is a fool. Bottom line. A truly wise man knows he does not know anything. That's what you learn, my friend, after 20, 30 years of studying the Bible and preaching it. You ultimately learn that you know nothing. You know nothing. And that is true wisdom. That requires faith. Why? Because if we know nothing, then we know Yahweh God knows what's best for us. And if we know that Yahweh God knows what's best for us, then we won't have a problem having works to our credit Because we will be led by faith. And so today, this weekend, I hope I actually answered the question, what is faith? Faith is many other things in scripture. And perhaps I could look into some of those things in the future. More things that faith is. But for now, rest within the definition of faith. And in your own free time, Look at Hebrews chapter 11. The entire chapter, not just the definition of faith in the first verse. Because Hebrews 11 verse 1 again says faith is the substance of things hoped for. This word substance is hupostasis. It's to support. It's the groundwork. It means confidence or reality. Not religion. Faith is what? Well, faith as a word is from the Greek prydis, and it means faith. So faith means faith, and faith is the support or the groundwork of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This word evidence in the Greek is elenchos, and it means proof. Faith is what? The proof of things not seen, but yet all things that are created by Yahweh God Are clearly seen by the things that God created. Including his sons and daughters. So in short. What I can say is this. If you believe in the word of God. And you believe in Yahweh God. You already have faith. Faith will lead you to works. It's obligatory. It's natural. It's automatic. We're not saved by works. We're saved by the gift of God being grace. And we earn that through faith. That is why faith is very important. And the definition of faith. The definition of faith is, For it by the elders obtained a good report. What? The evidence of things not seen faith. Hebrews 11, verse 1 and 2. Why? Well, verse 3 provides the answer for that. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So the things that Yahweh God created, just like it says in Romans right? Chapter 1, verse 20, are clearly seen by its creation. And then Hebrews 11 goes through a long list of examples of faith. For example, verse 4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Verse 5, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now do you understand why I said at the beginning? Oftentimes, Yahweh God doesn't require you to understand. He requires you to have faith. Because faith means you're diligently seeking. And without faith, it is impossible to please Yahweh God. Hebrews 11 verse 6. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. First, God's not going to prove to you that he's real. Your faith will lead you to that fact if you are created of God because then and only then can you clearly see all things of creation. The fool, the atheist, can look at a tree. They can look at nature. And to him, it is happenstance. Why? Because he's a fool. He leaves everything to chance. There is no chance. There is no coincidence, my friend. Everything that happens, happens for a reason and a purpose. Yahweh God deemed it as such. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So in your own free time, look at these examples of Sarah, Abraham, Noah, Enoch, Abel. And you will see, not only did all of these examples in Hebrews 11 possess works to their credit, but they were led to their works by faith And through faith we understand that the worlds, or the ages, more ages than one, were framed by the word of Yahweh. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. That's for you and I, my friend. The war plays down here. And the way we can overcome it is through faith. And perhaps that is probably one of the most important things That I want you to take from this Sunday morning's lecture regarding faith. What does faith ultimately lead us to? Why are all of these examples in Hebrews chapter 11? That answer is provided in the final verse of today's study. It's found in the first epistle of John. We read in chapter 5 verse 4. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. How do you overcome the world? Through faith. What is the victory? Faith. Everyone that is born of God has what? Because they overcome the world. Faith. This is why those that have faith can clearly see Yahweh God and the fool cannot. What is faith? It's imperative to the Christian walk. It's us believing in the things that the world does not. And it is required of us. Because if we do not believe, we cannot come to Yahweh God. If we don't believe that he is. So, remember these things. Why do we battle down here? There's obviously a payoff, right? The payoff is grace at the end of the day. Not works. And the reason God does that is so no man can boast. So no man can be like the Pharisee in Yahshua's parable of the Pharisee and the publican by saying, Hey, you know what? I'm not a sinner. I'm not a sinner. And so, until next Wednesday, 7 p.m., this is Pastor Visser wanting to thank the few men, women, and children that support Covenant People's outreach and ministry. This Christmas season, it is almost more imperative than ever before that the sheep of Yahweh God support Covenant People's Church and outreach. And so if you have not already, swing by the CPM website and information about tithing and offerings can be obtained by going to covenantpeoplesministry.org and looking under the About section. Your support and offerings now are more imperative than ever before. But over all of those things, my friend, I solicit your prayers. Your prayers are probably the most powerful thing you can do for Covenant People's outreach and ministry. Because in order for you and I to even drop to our knees in humility to pray, it requires faith. And I know that our faith will overcome the world. It is our victory. It is our shield. It is something we can stand behind or even hide behind oftentimes. So until Wednesday, 7 p.m. on the Talk Shoe Radio Network, this is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia and the Covenant People's Outreach, wishing you and your entire family great studies, war for Christ. Amen.
0: Covenant People's Ministry. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given. That wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.org, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible study lessons and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website. If you would like to write to us, send your comments and queries to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205, or reach us by telephone at 678-692-8870. We thank you for your prayers and offerings, and we pray that all of you have been touched by these messages and continue to share the words of the gospel with your friends and family. Thanks again, and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.